Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast, and I'm just checking in on you. Woo, woo, woo. Oh, yeah. Oh, Billy Freckles is out on the road here, getting ready to do Madison Square Garden. Um, where the hell am I? I am in Atlanta. Hot Atlanta, as the kids call it. Party City, whatever the fuck they do down here. It's for young people. I stay in the hotel room. That's my deal. Um, I did go for a little walk around town. I took a little stroll. You know how it is down here in the south, man? You get out there in that weather. You know, I'm working here with uh, Dean. He's going, dude, this weather is fucking perfect. And I'm like, well, fucking enjoy it, dude. This is the calm before the fucking global warming storm. We were sitting in this barbecue joint, and the fucking guy's up on the TV doing the weather. The fucking map is all yellow, orange, and red. <laughs> it's like it's November. It's fucking November. But what, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Sociopaths run the world, and you have to pick a side. You got to pick which sociopath you're going with. Um, that's how the game works, because they control the game. Speaking of sociopaths, I finally read up on a little bit on uh, Donald Trump and uh, Joe Biden Jr. there. Hunter. Going to give him a strong name, Hunter. And uh, it's fucking hilarious. They're just, they're literally getting busted for shit that everybody does. Kind of like the University of Michigan. Like, I don't understand this whole bullshit where everybody's like, Michigan was stealing signs. It's like everybody's stealing signs. That's why when you watch the game, they disguise the sign. They put the clipboard up over their face. They, I've said this for years. They're holding a sign up. There's like a cupcake on there, a picture of a dog, and then like fucking, you know, Fonzie from Happy Days. Why do you think they're doing that? Because people are trying to steal signs. And it's a skill. If you don't put the right fucking TV star up there and they can't figure, you know, and they figure out what it is, I mean, that's on you. I love how they act they were stealing signs, so then they're acting like they knew exactly what the opponent was doing every single play, every single game. It's so fucking stupid. So basically what happened is Michigan pissed somebody off the way Donald Trump pissed somebody off. That's basically what it is. It's all fucking good until you piss somebody off, and then they hold you to the air quote rules. So old Donnie boy, the fucking... DA's coming. The DOJ is coming. They're fucking going after this guy because he falsified the value, I guess, of his assets to get favorable loans and insurance. And it's not like he was off by a couple of million. They are alleging at one point he had a golf course with $27.5 million and he had it on his loans or whatever, applying for a loan, as being worth upwards of $1.5 billion. Okay, you do that, according to them, and then you sign the piece of paper, you're guilty of fraud. Okay, I'll go with that. But what about the fucking banks? What about the insurance companies? Aren't they supposed to check that out? You're telling me I could go to a bank and have some shithole house and be like, yeah, it's worth a trillion dollars. I'd like a fucking half a trillion dollar loan. Okay, is everything on this document true? Yes, yes, it is. Okay, I've done my due diligence as a banker. Um, yeah, it's the greedy cunt bankers and the greedy cunt insurance companies. They basically 
They knew what the fuck he was doing. Like they all do it. And they went along with it because they believed in him that he wasn't going to default on his fucking loans. And that game is all well and good until somebody defaults on the loan. I don't know if that's what he did. Because I remember him when he was running for office, he was like, I took advantage of the, uh, the bankruptcy laws. Nobody's ever done it better. In fact, I know more about the bankruptcy laws than anybody. All that bullshit. And I remember his side, they were so fucking stupid, they were cheering him on. It's like, guys, that's our money. That's our money. He defaulted on the fucking loans. Do you think the bank's going to lose money? They don't. They take it out of us. He was basically standing there saying, I got a bunch of your money and never paid it back. And you guys paid the tab and people gave him like a fucking standing ovation. So then Hunter, little cokehead over there, you know, he took the White House a little literal there. I guess they're saying his dad, dad, how much money you want to take from Syria? He was getting bribes. Oh, my God. What a surprise. A political official getting bribes. They're set up to be bribed. They're so fucking grossly underpaid. That's how the corporations ruined this country. They weren't making it. They, they were basically, for the level that they were at, they were getting paid like an NFL cheerleader to have all of us yell at them and tell them that they didn't know what the fuck they were doing. They got sick of getting yelled at, so they took the payoffs from the corporations. Oh, Billy, making it so simple. He read a couple of articles. So, Bill, tell us how the world works. I'm gonna. Oh, I'm gonna. So I guess uh, old JoJo there, if he can remember, was taking payoffs from other countries, probably to, you know, give him aid or I don't know what the fuck, so he could get a house on Martha's Vineyard. Although he's white. He's probably going to Nantucket. <laughs> and then he ran him through Hunter. And he was too coked up to realize he was getting fucking used. And now he's sitting there holding the bag. Now he's the patsy. Is that what's going on? Like, I think all of that's the same. Michigan, Donald Trump, and Hunter Biden, that's all the same fucking story. Um, well, not really Michigan. Michigan, I think, is bullshit. And I don't like Ohio State, but even if Ohio State got busted for, like, stealing signs, I just don't think stealing signs is a... Uh, I just don't think, you know, that's, that's how you win a war. It's a skill, and you got to try to figure out what they're doing. It's, 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 it's a riddle wrapped up in an enigma with the fucking Steve Urkel sign, right? If you can figure that out, maybe you get an advantage on one or two plays, but that's it. That do, it doesn't like, I mean, I guess if you got the advantage on the very last play and you were fucking, you know, up by one or some shit, maybe that would be it. I don't fucking know. Seems like a whole bunch of nothing to me, but you know what? You know what? I'm a simple man. You know what I'm saying? I put my pants on one freckled leg at a time, and I, I try not to be involved, but I had a day off in New York, and I'm an old man, so I still buy the paper, and it's funny. I had to go to a couple of delis like in New York. like They all sold the paper. Now, the newspaper's going away, you know? That's bad. Those were like the more wholesome lies that I grew up with used to be in the newspaper, so I like reading those lies because I can read them in my voice. You know, as opposed to watching the 24-hour news networks where they just sensationalize everything and, you know, scare the shit out of you, blame the other side, and then offer no solutions whatsoever. As, you know, a lot more times than not, I feel like they're getting paid by the people that they're uh, complaining about. Maybe to look the other way. I don't know. I tie it all together. I tie it together. Somehow, somehow I'll, I'll, I'll blame this all on Ohio State or Alabama at some point some point in this fucking podcast. But uh, last night, uh, I was in Norfolk, Virginia, uh, 
and I played this place. It is the most beautiful fucking arena, one of the most beautiful arenas in the country. Um, you got to be kidding me. Is that somebody fucking... I'm okay, thank you. They just won't leave you alone. They just fucking won't leave you. You know what's overrated? A nice hotel. And you know what else is overrated? Going out to a nice restaurant. Because the entire time, they won't fucking leave you alone. You go to a nice restaurant, every time you start to have a fucking conversation, somebody comes over with the water, and you got to be like, oh, no, I'm good. Or, oh, hey, thanks a lot. Is everybody doing good? Do you want more bread? Is anybody, can I get you anything? Can I, can I, can I do something? Yes, you can fuck off. We ordered food, bring the food, and then leave. And then when the plates are empty, come back, and then you give us a check, and we give you a fucking tip, and then we get the fuck out of here. What am I, a child? Are you going to cut up my fucking steak for me? Fucking beat it. You know? Fucking nice hotel, right? You don't want to go beyond a Marriott. Marriott fucking leaves you alone. You check in. It's a nice fucking place, right? You go in anything nicer than a Marriott. They're coming in. They're bringing, like, hey, you, can, can I turn, you want turn down service? I, I, I don't. I don't know what that is. You going to tuck me in? It's fucking 7 o'clock at night. Well, Billy, big problems here. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, I'm just more frustrated. I'm trying to do a fucking podcast. And every five seconds, it's just, you know, you just hear like, I, mean, wait, wait, I can't even get to a wall here. Just hear. You want some more celery? Um, why would they give you celery? You know why? Because it's cheap and they can give you a lot of it. And they'll make it seem like they're doing something. Um, Anyway, I played the, I think it's called the Scope Arena. Is that what it's called? Yeah, the Scope Arena. And I was just blown away by the beauty of this thing. S-C-O-P-E. Look it up. You have to go see a concert there. You got to go see some hockey or some basketball there. It's 50 years old. They broke ground in 1968. And when they built, they built it, their first tenant, I believe, was the, v, uh, the Virginia Squires an ABA team who the one and only Dr. J played on um, before he went to the New York Nets, before he went to the NBA with the Philadelphia 76ers. And we were there last night, and it was the best-sounding arena I've been in. And just the look of it and everything, it was like, it felt old school and it felt modern. It's absolutely gorgeous and... I don't ever hear of anybody going out of their way. People go out of their way to go to Madison Square Garden or like, uh, I don't know, the Forum in L.A. But there's some hidden gems. I, I, I would say the most underrated arena to go see fucking anything would be the Scope Arena. The people there were so nice. Um, I had an amazing show. Just one of those shows. I went up there. I immediately clicked with the crowd. And they went with everything. And... Um, yeah, I texted my agent the next morning going, that, that has to be a regular stop, you know, provided I can sell that many tickets when I get old, like fucking really old, like Billy Joel. How about Billy Joel still playing the SoFi fucking arena? That's unbelievable. Just going out there, just him and a piano, like four other guys selling out the whole fucking thing and the football field. <laughs> Guy is a beast. Um, anyway, tonight I am in Atlanta, which some of my most favorite stand-up comedy weekends, gigs, venues ever. There was the original Punchline, 
that was one of my favorite comedy clubs in the country. Unfortunately, you know, they raised the least. I don't know. They probably built some fucking luxury apartments that nobody can fucking afford, which they were also doing in Norfolk, Virginia. Like, I don't know what they're doing or where all of this money is coming from. I'm just finding everybody is hurting right now. I'm seeing people saying like a fucking Big Mac at McDonald's is like 15 bucks now and all of this inflation. And rather than trying to do something to help people out, they're just building more shit that nobody can afford. And they're knocking down shit that people could afford. So what the fuck is going on? You know what it is? It's a Ponzi scheme is what it is there. So um, every time I go to watch the news, like every time I take a peek at what's going on in the Gaza Strip, it is just so fucking heartbreaking seeing all of those innocent people on both sides because of the lunatics at the top just getting killed. And made. I, I don't know how you sit there and watch. There's like nothing you can do about it. And then it's just fucking horrible, right? So I, I don't know. What do we do? We have to somehow bond as non-sociopath regular people. And we just have to start helping each other out because these fucking assholes at the top, and, and as far as I can tell in every country, they're not doing anything. I mean, look at the broads over there in Iceland. I thought they were all skipping around with goats in that beautiful world having a great time. They were fucking pissed. They're like, we're not making enough money. Everybody's over. Oh, Iceland. They stood up to the banks. Oh, they'll go to the fucking Blue Lagoon and the, the water's crystal clear and there's mermaids and fucking blah, blah, blah. And it's not. It's a bunch of angry broads over there getting fucked over evidently. <laughs> And what's fucked up is they're all related. So they're, they're literally, it's beyond fucking over your own countrymen. You're fucking over your family. I told you that, guys, that a long time ago when I went to Iceland, I found out that there's an app over there that people in Iceland have that when you meet some chick in a bar or a dude, whatever you're fucking into, you have to, well, I guess a dude wouldn't matter because you know, if you're gay, you're not going to breed with them. And it's like open season, I guess. Um <laughs> But if you're going to have that heterosexual sex like Jesus approved of when he got that hooker, um, there's an app over there. It doesn't say that you put your names in. I guess when you decide you're going to go forward and maybe fuck, you put your names in it. There's no way they do this every time. This is like fucking without a condom in Iceland. You don't use the fucking app. It, it doesn't check to see if you're related. It's how you're related. Because it goes back to two fucking people. Like some Adam and Eve shit, but it was a couple of Vikings. I don't know what they were, right? You know, I've only spent collectively four and a half days there. So let me explain this country to you. Such an idiot. So anyway, yeah, that's what you do when then you decide. So I guess what they really do is not until they get into a relationship. It's probably after they banged. It's like, all right, let's see. <laughs> let's see. Let's see if uh, we can go to holy matrimony or if we just did something unholy. Um, anyway, the fuck am I talking about? Oh, yeah. So the punchline, they knocked that down. So now, now they have the, the second punchline. But the original one is the one that I worked, um, that I have all my memories. And I still like the new one, but the old one, you know, it's like the old, it's like the stadium you grew up in, right? I like the Fleet Center, but I'm, I'll always be partial to the Boston Garden. And then after that place, I played the Tabernacle um, in Atlanta. There's another place 
All right. All of these fucking people telling you, you got to go to these places with palm trees and shit. You don't. So many of these cities that nobody brings up have these amazing venues that you can go see your favorite comedian, your favorite band, whatever the fuck it is, your tractor pull, whatever the fuck you're into. The tabernacles. You wouldn't have a tractor pull there unless they had golf carts. It's not big enough, but um, magical, magical fucking place where you go see a band that plays live and... Um, at least I would anyway. And everybody was playing their instruments. And as Prince said in that clip, you know, my mic is on. <laughs> That's my favorite thing. My mic is on. I would go check that place out. This is like my own travel show here. There's two fucking places. You know, we had some friends come out and they said the last time I was here, one of them said the last time I came here, because it was a bit of a drive for him. He said he saw Metallica at the Scope Arena on the End Justice for All tour. How fucking sick is that? And um, I didn't even have to ask the guy. I was like, that's automatically that band, that era, that arena had to have been top five fucking concerts you ever went to. Had to be. Um, so anyway... Um, the scuttlebutt on the internet, all this crap about Bill Belichick, should they get rid of him? I'm sure the whole league is salivating, hoping our local news media and uh, armchair quarterbacks, like, I, I, you know, I know we, okay, we have the worst record in the AFC. So what? We still have Bill Belichick as a coach. I think the guy has earned the right to try to dig out of a hole. What, is every draft pick supposed to work out? I mean, we had an unbelievable run. I'm still basking in the glow of going to nine Super Bowls and winning six. The fuck am I, you know? <laughs> well, what do I give a... I can handle a two and seven. What's he not going to turn it around? I don't know. Look, I mean, I, what about the fucking Buffalo Bills? They've never won anything. They were supposed to be finally figuring shit out to go beat the Kansas City Chiefs. What, what are they? They only got like three more wins than we do. So what, what's the big fucking deal? Um, I always feel like those sports writers, that's, that's just what they, they just end up doing that, you know, because they don't know what else to write about. So they get lazy and they just try to stir people up. And I guess they know that if they say something sacrilegious, like, is it time to give Bill Belichick his walking papers? Everyone's going to get all up in a fucking frenzy. Um, I don't know. That would be... If they fired him after everything that he's done, I, like I said last week, that would be right up there with Charles Oakley getting thrown out of Madison Square Garden, which in recent times... You know, a lot of franchises have done stupid shit with former players that did amazing things. But to literally throw the guy out like he was some drunk, um, I don't know, that's, that's one. I felt bad for, for all Nick fans when that happened because I know they were all going, every Nick fan I knew was just like, dude, what the fuck? Like, what, why the hell, you know? Haven't we been through enough? You got to add that to the fucking championship drought here, over here. Speaking of that, um, with the sports, I've been out on the road, so I haven't had time to watch these Bruins games, but I guess we won again. We finally had our first loss. I want to say it was against the Red Wings, but we're something like 9-1-1 one one or 10-1-1 one one 
which is incredible because we lost Patrice Bergeron and uh, David Craigie. And this was, you know, we signed Van Riemsdyk and stuff like that. And I had a lot of buddies of mine going like, eh, I think that, you know, they only signed Van Riemsdyk for one year. And this is just so we can be competitive and they can still sell tickets. And here they are with like the best record in hockey, as far as I know. So, um, so far, so good. So far, so good. No Billy Freckles. Still hitting the treadmill. I kind of fucking, like, I don't know, leveled out here. I got to do a, a more, more of a push. I got to eat better, man. I got to lay off the... I, I've, like, laid off fucking everything, and it's still fucking hard as hell. You know? 55. Jesus Christ. It's a race between what's slower at this point, my brain or my fucking metabolism. But um, I got this playlist. Any ACDC fans out there? Huh? I got a Brian Johnson playlist for you. It's all deep cut shit, you know, because they always play the same fucking five Brian Johnson songs, I feel. So this is my playlist. 31 minutes, eight songs. All right. First one. Let me put my love into you, babe. ACDC back in black. You know, start slow, just like me on the elliptical. I did my little soccer mom stretches. You know what I mean? I got my little drink. I got on my fucking pink leg warmers. You know, I'm easing in. Then you go to one of the great fucking gold digger songs ever. Uh, what do you do for money, honey? Also off the Back in Black album. And then the Bon Scott tribute song, Have a Drink on Me. Off the Back in Black album. That's, that's the first three. So see, we're, we're ramping it up. All right. I start with ease it in. Easing in with let me put my love into you, babe. Then uh, they scream at the broads. And now we're at the bar having a drink. So what can come next? Huh? It's ACDC. You know the devil's coming, right? COD. Second track, second side. Back in the day when you had the vinyl or the cassette tape. Care of the devil. Then we keep going with the devil. I got Evil Walks, which is the first track, second side, ACDC, for those about to rock. And then I round out that album with Spellbound, which is a very, uh, a, a very atypical subject matter for ACDC. It's actually about a guy down in the dumps and he's depressed. And it's a killer song, but I feel like collectively as a group, they're like, that's not what we do. We don't talk about being down, you know? I don't think there'll ever be rock and roll music that's just supposed to bring you down. Do you guys think so? Eight years later, grunge, you know? I wish I was like you, easily amused. Okay, so wait, let me get this straight, Kurt. I'm supposed to feel bad for you as you're shitting on me? Uh <laughs> I love Kurt Cobain. I love Nirvana, but I can never quite give it up to the grunge bands because they knocked all my bands off the fucking chart. I'm still being a baby. Still being a baby all these years later. All right, then we wrap it up with the last two. Off the Flick of the Switch album, This House is on Fire, and then the title track, Flick of the Switch, um, which used to always fuck me up when I would try to play drums along to that. It was like da ga ga da ba 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 slam da 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 one two three four one two three four boom, 
And I always would want to hit on the four, but he fucking hits on the one. He does a flam on the one and then on the four and then fucking in. The amount of times I fucked that up and I would slam on the four and then they'd hit on the one and I'd go, fuck, four, bam. And then I would go into the song. Um, Someone actually took some video of me playing drums the other day. And uh, for the first time, I only look like half a jerk off. I still hit like a fucking bitch, man. I always think I'm up there fucking wailing, and I'm not. I'm just up there like, hey, help him did it, right? Like, I'm in my head. I'm like, Jesus Christ. These people I'm jamming with, they're thinking like, why did this guy pick comedy? How come he didn't pick music as a profession? And then I always start to watch myself. And I'm like, ugh. I've just never had the courage to film myself on a consistent basis, and that's kind of like what you have to do. To stop looking like a douche, I think. Or maybe, you know, I could just own up to the fact that I wasn't born with that talent, you know? And I'll just be forever that guy going into a music store going, I want to buy the snare drum that that guy plays on that album because I feel like if I play the same stuff he plays, that means I'll be as good as he is. Which is hilarious because we all wear Jordan 1s, you know? What is the percentage of people that wear Jordan 1s but can't dunk? That is, it has to be in the high 90s. It just has to be. Um, unless you count like a Nerf hoop or that backyard one that you lowered to like eight, you know, eight and a half feet. Nine feet was actually, was actually for, you know, for a fucking pasty white guy. If you could fucking throw it down on a nine foot rim, that wasn't bad. Um, yeah, I grew up in a white town. So it was like, dude, he can, he can dunk a tennis ball. <laughs> That's about as far as it went. I think one kid dunked a volleyball. Um, it was more of a football hockey town. But uh, those are also two great sports, wouldn't you say? Hey, you know what? I don't have any advertising this week. So I just got to go straight through here. No ad reads. You know, it's a tough time coming up to the holidays. I started shopping, you know, for the kids. I wanted to get my kid... Um, my son, I wanted to get him that 100-year uh, Bruins away jersey, the white one, because it looks like the home jersey that the, that the Bruins wore in the 80s. That's the one that I, that's my favorite one, is the, the, the all-white one that had, it was white on the shoulders. It didn't have that yellow up there. The one that Pete Peters wore, Rick Middleton and all of those guys. Charlie Simmer. Barry Peterson. Unreal. I can't remember the name of the venue I was in last night, but I can name like the fucking first line of the Bruins in like 1980. Well, no, maybe I can't. Well, Barry Peterson was there. It was Barry Peterson, Peter McNabb. Peter McNabb, the last guy to wear number eight before Cam Neely came in. And that was when Ray Bork was still wearing number seven because we had a big beef with Phil Esposito. And then they finally put that to bed. Which, by the way, is there anything better than listening to Phil Esposito on the radio calling a Tampa Bay Lightning game? It's like, it's not even like he's in a booth. It's like you're at the game with him and he's sitting in the stands eating fucking peanuts and having a couple of beers. It's fucking incredible. Very, very underrated. Um, announcer, man. I, uh, I just, you know, I have the, the center ice package, but it's not the radio. But he used to be on TV, too, and that was my favorite, but... I think he just does the radio now. Maybe he does like select games. I don't know. He's got to be. He's got to be close to eighty. 
Um, but I would love to, uh, if you guys know how to get that feed, you know, that's one of the things you get to enjoy hockey and you're laughing your ass off at the same time. That's like the greatest thing ever. And uh, I miss those guys. I miss those fucking homers. You know, Johnny Most for the Celtics, Fred Cusick for the Bruins. I mean, we could do, literally do no wrong. It was hilarious. But what sucks now is everybody can hear him. So then they just sit there. This guy's such a fucking homer. It's like he's supposed to be. He's not announcing the game for you. Go listen to the fucking, your team's feed. You telling me they're not biased? You want them to be biased. Especially when you're losing. They start, God, this is fucking bullshit. They don't say that, but you know. You know, it's nice to hear that they give a shit. Before they just, all they all do like the, the, I don't know what, the straight-ahead color commentating. By the way, uh, shout-out to Joe Buck. That guy's having, like, some of the best games he's called um, since I've been watching. Him and Troy Aikman, man. I am, And I am a broadcaster snob, you know, because I grew up with so many great ones. So, um, and what always happens is that, because they, you know, there's, like, a transition. Like, uh, so many of the guys that I grew up with, you know, retired times two you know and every once in a while i'll like watch an old football clip and i'll hear john madden and pat summerall and i just think like i can't believe like i just i never took it for granted but like that i got to listen to those guys i think john madden came on with pat summerall somewhere around like 1980 and i got to listen to them for almost like you know 20 years 15 20 years together all those Al Michaels ones. Um, I caught the end of Kurt Gowdy. Um, you know who else I liked? Who I really liked when I was growing up? He always seemed to get the Browns game. Remember Don Cricky? It was another guy that was amazing. Um, anyway, uh, that's the podcast here. I got to go do a show. Um, I want to thank everybody that came out in Norfolk, Virginia. You guys were one of the best crowds that, I, that I've ever had. It was just an incredible show. Um, incredible crowd sitting here talking about myself incredible crowd you guys are an incredible group of people to perform to it was fantastic so I'll write some more shit and I'll come back and um, I, so I would go out of my way to go see a show there I'm gonna, I'm gonna get on their mailing list the Scope Arena alright that's it uh, have a great weekend you cunts enjoy the bonus episode of a Thursday uh, the Thursday afternoon just before Friday Monday morning podcast I'm fucking getting geared up here for Madison Square Garden, beyond psyched that I'm getting to play this place again. I always think anytime I play it, this could be the last time, and uh, I am going to fucking go off. So um, I hope you're going to be there. If not, no worries, because eventually I'll be in your town. All right, I'll see you. Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Monday Morning Podcast for Monday, November 9th. 2015 what's going on how are you how's it going easing into thanksgiving uh, i apologize for the uh, podcast being so late and the peas popping on the microphone Let me turn that down there um i just been traveling like a maniac man i've been everywhere man i did philly and then i did bethlehem pennsylvania and then i went to daytona florida and oh what a time i had 
What a fucking time for old Freckles. It's good to be Freckles these days. His fucking yeah is winding down. <clears throat> I always wonder what my neighbors think when I fucking come back to New York. Like, what, what, where has that loud cunt been in a fucking coma? I haven't heard his stupid podcast forever. My fucking roach-infested goddamn apartment back here. Came walking in like this, just fucking... You know, I have the guy come in and spray it, but I don't know. They still get in here, you know? They're just fucking dead everywhere. But they're so fucking old from being dead, right? Yeah, I pick them up and, like, the antenna stays on the floor. <laughs> it's fucking gross. <clears throat> so, anyways, um, what was I talking about? I don't even remember. Whatever. Yeah, I just been I've been all over the place. So um, I want to thank everybody that came out to my shows this weekend in uh, Philadelphia, in Bethlehem and in Daytona. I had a fucking awesome time. And each show was special in its own little way. Um, the first fucking night was the uh, was the Philly show. Right. So I go to Philly and contrary to one fucking YouTube video, everybody thinks I hate Philly. I don't. I was actually, this is some shit I've never really even told you guys. I was actually a Flyers fan growing up because when I first started watching hockey, I loved the fact that you could fight. And that's what the Flyers did. So I loved them. You know, I was too, too young to remember them beating us in the Stanley Cup final in the 70s. So I didn't have any bad will against the guys. I just knew that they beat the fuck out of people. And who doesn't want to watch that? You know, I eased my way into violence, you know, started off by getting my ass kicked by my older brother. Then I started watching wrestling and then I moved on to hockey. Right. Years later, I'm watching the UFC. It just keeps progressively getting more fun. I watch those knockout videos. I watch people getting slapped. You know, um, there has to be a fucking word for the level of excited the person holding the cell phone uh, camera has when they start screaming world star. It literally sounds like they're on fire. They're so fucking excited that they filmed a knockout and that they're going to get it on the fucking website. Like they're almost like peeing themselves. I do an impression of it, but I have a show I have to do in about eight days and it would shred my fucking voice. I'll try to, uh, I was going to lie to you and say, I was going to try and find the clip. I have no idea where the clip, where the clip is, but, um, so anyway, so uh, I went, got into Philly on Thursday night, had the big shoe, the really big shoe there on Friday. So uh, I was like, all right, let me go out and get a cheesesteak. And it was really late, and I, I didn't have a car, and I just said, fuck it. I said to the guys downstairs, like, all right, where, uh, where's the closest place to get a good one? And they kind of made a face. Well, you know. All right, go down the corner. So I went to this place, Cavanaugh's. It's a sports bar. One of the coolest things I saw, they had the night, the, the fucking... Phillies 1980 um, World Series banner in there, which was cool. And I went in, I got it with the tater tots, and I got to tell you, it was pretty fucking tasty. Pretty goddamn tasty. Straight across the board, I give the fucking cheesesteak at at, uh, at Kavanaugh's the fucking thumbs up, right? So then the next day, right, we got the show. So I'm walking around, I'm doing what I always do with, when I go to Philly, right? fucking checking out the downtown area and i always end up over at mitchell and ness just to see what the fuck they have and uh i bought my godson something and 
What else did I do? I just walked around. I fuck, you know, I enjoy the goddamn city. I don't do the touristy shit. You know, I meant to check out the Joe Fraser fucking um, statue, but I didn't have time. Um, so anyways, so we got to go do the fucking show, right? It's at the Wells Fargo Arena. Speaking of the Flyers and the fucking 76ers and all that shit. So me, Verzi, and Joe Matarese are on the show. Matarese is from Philly. So we're driving over there. I'm using the fucking, you know, I finally changed in the phone. I changed it to a guy's voice. So at least it's a guy telling me what to do. As opposed to that fucking broad nagging me the whole way, right? Causing my balls to pull up into me, right? So I fucking, um, we're driving over there. And of course, we somehow we get lost. I'm trying to find a fucking arena. And I literally see it says parking for event, but the fucking computer cunt didn't tell me to turn or my thumb grazed against something and just shut the fucking thing off. So I went right by it. And when you miss the Wells Fargo Center headed south, you end up in the fucking swamp. So it ended up being like a half hour mistake because it was like 15 minutes to get all the way over the fucking thing. And then we didn't know how to get in there. We went into the wrong fucking gate. So we pull in. They're charging us for parking. And I'm going, no, we're the guys doing the show. I'm Bill Burr, that's Joe Matarese, that's Paul Verzi. So the lady's like, hang on a second. She's like, yeah, he said he's Paul Burr. (laughs) (laughs) So we're laughing our asses off, going, I swear to God, we're them. And they go, well, tell us a joke. And I'm like, I don't have any fucking jokes. Well, the three comedians, we can't find a fucking arena. Is that funny enough? And they go, all right, go down there to gate E. And we just keep running into security guards and we just keep going. Yeah, we're the guys from the show. And they would just go, oh, all right, go down that way. So then we just started laughing, going, dude, I'm going to pull up to arena and be like, yeah, I'm Willie Nelson. Yeah, man, I, uh, I'm a little late. Where do I go? I obviously I couldn't get away with Willie Nelson. He's too famous. But I'm telling you, this is how it works. OK, you need somebody black and somebody white in your car. And I guarantee you, you could sneak into any fucking arena when there's a concert. All right. This is all you got to do. All right. Have a black and a white person in there just in case you get into the wrong line. Then what you do is you try to peek ahead to see what color the person is in the parking booth. If they're white, you have the black guy talk. Right. The black guy says, I'm fucking. uh..." Wait, you got to start with the artist first. All right. So say what what are the kids listening to these days? Huh? ASAP Rocky. Right. Say he's got a fucking show. What you got to do is you got to have your black friend or you got to get a black friend or just hire a black guy. You have him say you pull up to the wrong fucking gate, the regular person gate. You make sure you get in line with the fucking white person. Right. In the booth. And you all you get black guys got to say is, yeah, I'm him and I'm late, man. Where do I go? Where do I go? And I'm telling you, that guy will fucking wave you in. At least you won't have to pay for parking. I don't know if it fucking works. And then if it's a fucking country show, your black friend's not going. So who gives a shit? You only need white people anyways. Whatever. I'm convinced. Ah, fuck me. Hang on a second. Hang on. Hang on. All right, I'm back. Yeah, so your black friend's not going to want to go to the country show. All I'm saying is if you just, if you fucking pull up. No, wait a minute. They probably know it all. They, this is me being an egomaniac. This is what this is. They didn't know who I am, so then they're not going to know who fucking Travis Tritt is? What an arrogant, freckled cunt. I apologize. I apologize not only for this thing being late, but having my ego go off the fucking rails that soon in this podcast. Right? 
It's fucking unbelievable. It usually takes me at least 15 minutes in before the ego starts coming out. Oh, it reared its fucking red head early, didn't it? Um, so anyways, we were fucking driving around that parking lot for like 20 minutes. And I'm talking to the guy in the fucking arena. And he's going, you know, where are you? I'm like, oh, well, I'm in the fucking parking lot. It's, it's, we're in E. And he goes, all right, did you go into the tunnel? And I'm like, no, I went over a bridge. Well, bring it around a fucking thing. It took us like for fucking ever. And then we got in there. And um, we got to go into the, obviously go into the venue before the crowd got in there. Got to see the, you know, they got the boards, you know, with the fucking, you know, for the Flyers play and all that shit. I saw the 76ers 83 championship banner, the team that I would put up against the 96 Bulls. And I say it goes seven games, you know. Um, oh, me and Verzi got into it that night. Holy shit. Arguing sports. Good Lord. He was like, dude, they're fucking 72 and 10. You know, he's one of those 1990s babies. Like nothing happened in sports prior to 1990. Nobody, dude, they had Pippin there. They had Jordan. Like that fucking shit. It's like, all right, well, they had Dr. J and Moses Malone. You know, and Mo Cheeks, fucking Andrew Tony and Ivoroni, right? And that fucking skinny white dude coming off the goddamn bench. He was like the defensive player of the year. Dude, Moses Malone underneath against Luke Longley. Luke Longley's going to fucking foul. He's going to foul trouble every fucking game. All right. I'm not saying that the Sixers definitely would have fucking won. But to just say that it's a foregone conclusion that the fucking 96 Bulls are the greatest fucking team ever. They had, there was no Celtics-Lakers thing going on with the fucking, it was a very uneven time. You know, and people, oh, it's because Jordan was so good. I'll give you a little bit of that. All right? But dude, when the fucking Celtics, Lakers, and Sixers were all good in the fucking 80s, and then the Pistons came along, I mean, dude, you had to fucking commit mass murder just to get to the finals. People throwing clotheslines, Kurt Rambis's glasses flying across the fucking court. It was a man's fucking game. I'm being that old guy. No, I know it was in the 90s too, but I'm just saying. There wasn't any Kareem's. There wasn't, there wasn't like, you know. The Celtics and Lakers were fucking littered with Hall of Famers on both sides. You know? I don't know. What am I, fucking Bill Simmons? I don't know shit about fucking hoop. I'm just saying. I just hate how everybody, oh, yeah, he'd do this and he'd do that. And, and Moses and Dr. J would just stand around watching him going, gee, mom, holy, holy mackerel. Golly gee, are these guys good. Um, we get into that argument all the time. And he also gets to the argument that Mayweather's the greatest fucking middleweight of all time. I'm like, Paul, I, 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 Marvin Hagler. The problem is Marvin Hagler, Sugar Ray Leonard. Tommy Hitman Hearns and Roberto Duran all fought at the same fucking time. So they took losses. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that he would lose to all of those guys, but he'd lose to at least one of them, wouldn't he? Oh, I sound like an old man in a barbershop. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you back in 1972. Fucking voice is junk, dude. It's junk doing all these fucking shows. And uh, I got to be honest with you, man. I am. I'm fucking i'm done with cigars man i smoked my last one in philly and i didn't even want to smoke it i just did it because uh we were with a bunch of people and they you know they wanted to head over there but oh, i didn't even tell you about the show 
So Verzi goes up to open it, fucking crushes, and uh, which made me feel really good. You know, obviously, because the last time I did a really big show out there, um, you know, things were a little more aggressive, so to speak. And I had a lot of people, interviewers asking me about it because I wasn't even thinking about it because I've been back to Philly like six fucking times and I never had a problem. But they just kept, well, this is a big show. So do you think this one? Huh? Do you think they're going to treat you like an asshole? As they say in Philly, asshole. Um, and then Joe Matarese went up. By the way, who I hadn't seen, you know, he's a guy I started out with uh, when I first came to New York. He moved to New York right around the time that I did. Came up from Philly and I came down from Boston. And, uh, you know, he's even funny that I remembered. He absolutely fucking destroyed. Did it dead on. Uh, was it Harry Callis? Am I saying his name right? Um, Sounded exactly like him. Now, Philly people know him as the voice of the Phillies. I knew him from NFL films, taking over for the voice of God. And um, he absolutely murdered. And uh, I highly recommend you check that guy out um, if you get a chance. And you can follow him on Twitter at the Joe Matarese, M-A-T-A-R-E-S-E, the Joe Matarese. Uh, I believe he's got a special or something like that coming out. Um, he was fucking hilarious. And then when we were driving away, he was doing a dead-on Tony Soprano. Fucking dead-on. It, <laughs> it was unreal. So um, we had a great time, and then we ended up going out and uh, we smoked some cigars. I was a good boy. I had one glass of bourbon. That was it. I smoked a cigar, and me and Verzi were at each other's throats, fucking arguing sports. And um, and then when we left, we got cheesesteak number two, number two, two. Um, and where did we go? We went to something like Mike's Princess Steaks or something like that. I can't even remember. I don't remember the name of it. But um, that one, I thought the bread was good. I thought everything was good, but the steak. I thought the steak wasn't as high a quality um, as what I had at Kavanaugh's. And I'm not even talking about... Was it Pats and Geno's? Like, I, I've been to those fucking things. I'm trying to go to the satellite ones. Um, I didn't even get to the ones. That roast beef one was closed by seven, so I never made it to that one. But um, I still had a good time. But Jesus Christ, what a fucking shit show. If you want to see a shit show, get a fucking cheesesteak at two in the morning in Philadelphia on a Friday night. Good Lord. People just swaying in the fucking breeze. Right. And then the people I walked in with, they were fucking hammered, too. I wasn't. I'm fucking sober. Right. Go walking in. Matt Arisa goes like like way too loud, like drug voice. He goes, he goes, yep, every fucking loser in Philly out here to get a cheesesteak. And I was like, Joe, Joe, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. You know, <laughs> and then first he goes. He goes, Jesus Christ. He goes, look at the haircut on that fucking animal over there. Way too loud. Way too fucking loud. I'm going, Paul, Paul, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up. So I was that guy. I was basically the not even designated driver, like a designated walker. And everybody in there, I swear to God, was swaying. They were so drunk. Like 90% of the people in there were swaying. I felt like I was on a fucking ship and I was some salty dog who had his sea legs and everybody else was just sort of fucking floating around. So anyways, we get the cheesesteaks. I fuck up the order. The guy's all impatient with me. And I was going to be, oh, you're doing that Philly thing where you get all fucking impatient because I don't know how to go. Yeah, give me two wit. Give me a whiz wit. No whiz not. You know, 
So, um, so I got that little experience. And then, uh, as we were eating, we, we were finishing up right at the, the exact right time. Like the, uh, the white dude with, uh, all black friends came walking in and he was trying to, you know, I don't know what he was trying to do. He was unbelievably loud. He was being fucking rude and he was going to get all of his friends into a fight. <laughs> and we fucking left. I was like, let's get the fuck out of here. And um, I don't know. I had a great time. I actually, I actually also had a really good breakfast place. Little Pete's, I think it was called. Greasy Spoon. I fucking loved it. And the lady behind the counter was a, who works the day shift is a fucking riot. I was sitting there. She got me my drink order. And she goes, you ready? And I was like, yeah. She goes, what do you got? And I just laughed. I go, uh, let me get two eggs. Uh, fucking, what do you got? What do you got? I don't know, hunger pains? <laughs> um, so anyway, so we had a great time there. And uh, as I said, I can't recommend uh, going out to see Joe Manorese enough, man. Like, he fucking blew me away. Verzi, of course, was great as always. But uh, I always like throwing out new names on the podcast, people you could check out. The Joe Manorese on Twitter. Um, hang on, I'm punching the scene. Never can talk and do my password at the same fucking time. If I went into my settings and figured out how to make the screensaver not come up every two fucking seconds. Um, all right, let's do a couple of reads here. You know what that just reminded me of? I don't know why. Everybody freaking out about that fucking missile that the Navy shot off. You know, this is the beginning of World War Three. Well, great. Great. And then you know what? We're all going to be dead. So what are you fucking worried about? You know what I mean? I would be much more worried if somebody released one cobra into the fucking Los Angeles area. And I knew that it was somewhere in the hills where I hiked. If there was one cobra there, I would be way more fucking nervous. Like if they said right now, we have a special news flash. China has just shot a bunch of nuclear weapons. They will be here in six minutes. So get your affairs in order. I would go over to the fridge and I'd get out a pint of ice cream and I'd sit there, you know, you know, like a little kid sits in a big chair and he kicks his legs up and down like a, a scissor. That's what I would do. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I'm going to get vaporized. I'm getting what everybody wants, a painless death. That's what you're looking at when you see the nuclear weapons. What you're looking at is a painless death. I'm all about them. I love the warheads. I'm a big warhead fan. You know, I like that we're puffing each other's chests up. You know what I mean? China's, you know, we're like, why I oughta? You know, and China's like, why we oughta? And then Korea's like, hey, what about us? We still count, right? I don't give a fuck. I really don't. Um, you know, I'm a grizzled vet of this shit. I grew up in the tail end of the Cold War. I remember that shit, Right. Everybody says they're going to do it, and then they never do. Okay? Until they do. And when they do, you're not going to know it because it's going to be over. At least I won't know it. That's one of the great things about being in a targeted city. You're going to have no idea that World War III even happened. You're just going to wake up, you know, wherever the fuck you go. Or maybe you just become part of the radiation, you know, that the next people are going to climb out of. I told you guys that my, that's my theory, right? That water is the nuclear waste from the last people that fucked up this planet. You know? 
and we're actually these fucking mutants. We're actually ugly as shit. We just don't know any better because we're attracted to what we see because we're all fucking arrogant, right? We got the ego. You look at me. My ego came out in fucking first six minutes. You don't know who I am? Well, then I could say I'm Elvis and everyone would believe it. No, Bill, they wouldn't. You fucking dope. Um, yeah, so I don't, I don't know what the big deal is. And it was also funny to watch, to read that and uh, listen to say that they were saying everybody in California was freaking out. And then I call my wife and she doesn't even bring it up. Probably didn't even know it happened. Because at this point, nobody really watches the news anymore. Remember the news used to come out? Fuck, everybody watched the fucking news. You had your guy. Who do you like? And it was all men, right? Because men tell you what's going on in the world, despite what these ladies think. You know what I mean? That's why I stopped watching the news. Second I saw a woman news anchor, I was like, this broad doesn't know what she's talking about. She does. She only got half the information because whoever was telling it to her was probably thinking about fucking her, and he left out half the information. Okay? That's the problem with female news anchors, and I've been saying it for years. And you can hide behind your sexist... <laughs> He's a sexist comment. All right? There's not an ounce of comedy in this right now. I'm just trying to give bloggers an easy week. Uh, I am dead serious. You know, I don't even know. Does Connie Chung still do it? You know what's funny? It was Connie Chung did the real news, and then her husband was doing that. What was that fucking show? Was it hard copy? And he had that sound of sound like a fucking match. What's that thing behind the door? The door stopper from that thing you played with before there was the internet? And you just sit there for hours going. <laughs> That's a hard noise to imitate. You just sit there fucking with that, right? He was on a show that that was the sound effect as they went into every story. And Connie, right, was actually talking about real shit that was, well, at least, you know, the edited real shit, our version of the real shit that was going on. You know, I would love them and sitting there as they both talked about, you know, the news stories that they were excited about. You know, she was reporting about the Berlin Wall coming down and he was talking about to some paper boy who fucked the postman's wife. You know what I mean? I don't know. I just I guess I just find relationships interesting. All right. Legal Zoom, everybody. Yeah, we're still doing advertising, by the way. Legal Zoom, everyone. Yeah. All right. So the next night I went up and I did uh, I did this. The Sands Casino is proud to present a wonderful new show, a man and his music. And the man is Frank Sinatra. How do all you people get in my room? Come fly with me, you big fat fucking whore. Um, you guys ever hear that album? Oh, what an album that is. It's with the Count Basie Orchestra. Um, there's a casino. There's a town I know where the hipsters go called Bedrock. Twist, twist. There's a Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. There is a casino in there that pulls in like a million dollars a day. They make, they make bank. I walked in there. I got there early. I talked to this fucking zombie. She must have hated her job. I don't know what it was, but the way she was talking, it was like that, just that sing-songy everywhere. I'd be like, yeah, where's the gym? She'd be like, okay, the gym is right down the end of the hall. What time's checkout? Just going like up and like, like she was a robot and someone just randomly like programmed the same 
inflection arc. She started down low and then she went up high and then she ended up here and then she came back down. Um, and I went in there, right? I got a Budweiser. I sat down and this place was fucking mobbed. Mobbed. I never seen so many dirty jackets in my life. Mobbed with white people, Asians, black people, any kind of people you could think of was in there. Place was fucking mobbed. And I'm sitting, it was Saturday afternoon, and I was sitting there going, is there like a fucking championship fight just let out? This is fucking unbelievable. And I talked to one of the owners, and he said, no, dude, this fucking place does a business like it's one of the top casinos in the country. And uh, I'll tell you what else it is. It's one of the top venues I ever performed at. I had the best fucking time. I don't know what it is. Just certain rooms you walk into, they just, they got that magic, Right? You just, you stand to the side of the stage and just feel it like this is going to be fucking great. And um, I think I did like an, I might have done an hour and a half on that one. Oh, such a great fucking time. Such a great time. Um, oh, I, you know, I, it's so funny. I, I talked about trying to get into the Wells Fargo Center. I didn't even talk about the show. So I actually got to do a show um, at that arena. And um, Paul and Joe did great. And I walked out. And the uh, crowd was nice. It was so funny, man. Philly's like, the, we, I was joking with Verzi, like Philly's like the only city that you go to where you have to, you need a game plan. Like, okay, if this happens, I'm going to do this or be ready to do this, blah, 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 whatever. But the, the crowd couldn't have been uh, any better and everybody who worked there was fucking cool as shit. And uh, I was actually bonding with the, one of the Flyer fan um, security guys because their team's not doing that well either fucking Bruins dropped like three out of four but we won the last one that's all right and uh we fucked up and we blew the Canadians game crazy uncharacteristically taking a dumb penalty but um but I just you know I had no idea what to expect this year so I thought we were just going to get fucking smoked because we had all these new guys and uh they're playing good, you know? I don't mind if we lose a game because we fucked up because that can be fixed. It's just when you're just losing because you just simply can't even compete. And I have not seen that this year. So I'm still uh, very optimistic that we're going to make the playoffs and uh, we're going to have a good showing. I think it's going to even be better next year. So anyway, so I fly down to Daytona, right? And, um, oh, Giannis Papas opened for me on that last one, you know? He went out and fucking crushed it. Um, actually he really fucking crushed it and went over a little bit. So, and he felt he was all apologetic. So I fucking, uh, I broke his balls for like a good 10 minutes saying I was never going to use him. He went over by like fucking three minutes. I was like, no, 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 you did great. Uh, but you're one and done. It's over. You're dead to me. <laughs> so anyways, I went down to Daytona. I never been to Daytona. I didn't even realize that. And, uh, I've always wanted to go to the Daytona 500. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to see people as fucking brilliant as they are in pit row and then stand in the, be in the stands with some of the dumbest people in the nation? Just that whole McDLT, that juxtaposition, huh? It'd be fucking phenomenal. These fucking people trying to shave off a, you know, a millisecond, thousandth of a second, whatever they're trying to do by adjusting some f- God knows what. Meanwhile, me and a bunch of other morons are just standing up there hoping somebody crashes. 
Um, so anyways, uh, so I was like, man, I hope I have time to fucking check out the speedway, but I don't have, uh, I don't have a car. So I'm walking off the plane and you know, in the, in the, the airports, they have those floor to ceiling windows. As I walk off the jetway and come into the, the little place where you fucking wait, I looked across the, uh, the, to the other gate that was directly across and out the window. And there was the fucking speedway. The speedway is right next to the airport. It was fucking cool as shit. And when I was over at my hotel, I heard, um, I heard uh, this car fucking driving around the track, you know, testing God knows what out. It was really fucking cool. So hopefully I'll get back there. And I performed at an aeronautical school. So everybody in the crowd was either a pilot, was in maintenance, homeland security, or uh, they were actually learning how to design airplane parts or aircraft parts, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Um, and I had a great time talking to them, especially afterwards. And the dean of students was actually a veteran. I forget what he said. He flew a sea something or other gunship. And I asked him if, he, if when he flies now, is it a lot more enjoyable because nobody's shooting at him? He goes, I don't do it anymore. And I go, well, oh, well, why not? Why not? You just sick of it? He goes, nah, man. He goes, I got, sh-, you know, he goes, when you get shot down, he goes, I got a medal in my knee and in my shoulder. He goes, he goes, yeah, because you go down once in one of those, you don't want to do it again. <laughs> so I just sat there with my jaw on the ground listening to his stories, but I could not have had a better time. Um, I could not have had a better time at that, uh, at that school. And uh, Vanessa Fraction opened up. She fucking destroyed. Um, it's just a great time. It's just a great fucking run. I just did not get any goddamn sleep. So um, let me read the questions here. And let me get on with my fucking life here. Um, all right. Other language. Um, see. Hey, Bill, I'm 23 and my wife will never be compl- complete. Real complete. Complete. Without advice from 50. What? Hey, Bill, I'm 23 and my... Okay, other language. I'm from Czechoslovakia. All right, I'm going to do my best to read this. Um, or maybe I guess I'm just going to read it how you wrote it. Hey, Bill, I'm 23 and my life will never be complete without advice from 50 yo out of shape bald head. I moved to England just because of stand-up. Sorry for writing like a total dick, but this is my second language. I used to be good comedian back home, Czech Republic, but I wanted more. Ever since I moved to England, I realized I'm not so funny in English. I want to give it three more years, at least four, when I'm able to do open mics. Do you think that non-native speaker can break in? Hard work inbound. Um, yeah, Yakov Shmirinov made an absolute fortune. Um, I think, I think you definitely can. It's not going to hurt you. Look, dude, if you can figure out being from the Czech Republic, if you can figure out how to be funny in English and make those cunts in England laugh, you know, if you can make those fucking people laugh, when you go back to your part of Europe, you're going to be the king. And I'll tell you something right now, dude. There's nothing wrong with being the king of the Czech Republic, is it? All those fucking smoking hot chicks over there, you'll fucking destroy. Dude, if everybody in your country loves you, you'll, you'll be a fucking zillionaire. 
It's over. And who are you competing against? Who's the Czech Republic Richard Pryor or George Carlin? What's the competition? Dude, you're getting in at the ground floor. You could be the Lenny Bruce over there, right? I think it's a great fucking move, and I think you're going to do well. Just hang in there. Because no matter where you're at, you're going to be struggling, right? And while you're at it, you're in England, you got this cool fucking accent, right? Maybe you can take out your old fucking checkster there and stick it between some chick's beef curtains or whatever the fuck they say over there. All right, Eastern Europe. Hello, small tits Billy boy. You were teasing with coming to Eastern Europe some time ago. Would you consider coming to Poland? Absolutely, I would. I was told the south, southern part of Poland's great and up north along the water. I would be thrilled to see you live in my country. I'm a huge fan, as is everyone who listens to you, obviously. Um, well, that's what my ego says. Sincerely, go fuck yourselves. Also, I remember watching you in Breaking Bad, and I wasn't aware of you being such an awesome person and thinking of you. And every time you popped on screen, I was like, who is that Van Gogh-looking dude? Ah, fuck you. Um, anyway, I don't, I, you know, I can't even, is that a compliment? or I don't even know. I, I would definitely come to Poland. Um, and I definitely want to do Eastern Europe. And I was talking to uh, my agent the other day about how we got to do Europe. I do it every other year. So I didn't do it this year. I'm going to do it next year. Um, I do it every other year when I get my act together. You know what I mean? People going over there in a second fucking language. You know, in some of those places, people listening to me speaking English and they don't speak English as a, as a first language. I got to make sure that, like, you know, I can't be just riffing and fucking around. I can do that in this country. I can put together an act, but I'm not flying all the way over there to do that. So I got to make sure that during my off year between specials, this is, the, this is how it works. I put the shit together. Uh, I'll take you through the whole thing. I do my special, and then immediately I start doing comedy clubs, any place I can get up at, and I get an hour's worth of shit that I can say by the time my special comes out. And then I hone that thing to the point where it's an acceptable level, and then I, I start touring with it on the road. And then I just start dropping jokes as better jokes come in, and then when I get it really ready to go, then I do the European shit, and then I come back and I tape the special, and then that's it. Then I start it all over again. And it never ends. All right. Here's something about Cleo. All right. Dear Billy Bruford, I have a theory on Cleo's behavior and an explanation for her peeing in the house. All right. For those of you who didn't listen last time or for those of you in the future who just grabbed this one out of a whole slew of them, how are you? Was there a nuclear holocaust? Well, great. You survived it. Are you in your bunker? How many more cans of beans can you eat, you cunt? What's it like living in a world without ESPN? Da-da-da. Boo-doo-boop. Oh, you know what? If you're actually in a bunker right now in the future and you're listening to me, I should probably be a little more positive, right? I should. Okay, just what makes that little old ant think he can survive a meltdown from a nuclear plant? Everyone knows he's got sores all over his fucking face because he went outside. He didn't stay underground. That's why you'll be in that. What do they usually bury? That's those, those things, what they stick all the drugs in that sit on the wharfs. And they stick them on the back of trucks, freight, freight fucking things. I don't know. Whatever they, they dealt with during the second season of The Wire. Anyway, so um, the fuck was I talking? Oh, the fucking dog. So my dog um, has been having bladder issues. Every once in a while, she just like pees 
for no fucking reason. And um, our doctor was saying that's because, you know, she was spayed, and that's one of the things that happens sometimes once they get older. So this guy has a theory as to why she's been peeing a little bit in the house. She says, I, he says, I'm our, he or she, what do we got here? I don't know. All right. I'm a lifelong dog lover. Um, I fucked my first dog when I was four. Sorry, it was an easy joke. I'm a lifelong dog lover and, and own two of my own. Remember last week you commented on how when you got back from tour, she slept all night and then was sleeping in your office while you did the podcast like she was on morphine, totally knocked out? It's because she loves you. You are the one person who takes her on hikes and gives her baths, etc. She's probably anxious when you're away, and when you come home, she's so relieved and relaxed that she just passes out. Now, that I knew. I'm asking about the peeing here, sir. All right? Don't be answering apples with oranges. Now you're about to leave for tour, and she's peeing in the house. Dogs are very intuitive and can pick up on the littlest thing. She's picked up on signs that she'll be leaving again, and as a result is feeling anxious, which is causing her to pee inside. Pee inside the house, she mean. She's peed inside, like what, inside of her? Just a thought, but it could be what's going on. I think that's a great fucking theory. Good luck and see, see you next weekend in New York. All right. You know what? Thank you. It's fucking phenomenal advice. Way better than anything I've ever said on this podcast. Oh, come on, Bill. Don't, don't beat up on yourself. Well, I know. All right. 89-year-old tries stand-up for the very first time. Um, hey, Bill, did you see the article and the video of the old guy trying stand-up for the first time? At the first, at first, the video came out and he was praised. Then it came out that he lifted the jokes and some people turned on him saying it wasn't that big of a deal if he memorized them. I feel both ways. Seems like he could have put together a couple of one-liners with all the old people downtime he has. Other part of me says he just wanted to stand in those shoes and see what it feels like. Like if you started flying a helicopter at 89 but had the instructor take off, so you just did the cruising around in the air. Thoughts? Um, yeah, man. Well, first of all, he probably came from the Henny Youngman era when most of those guys, you know, not saying Henny Youngman stole, but like back then, like people just did street jokes, two guys walking to a bar. But uh, I actually think it's kind of cool that in 89, he's 89 years old, so he, he got to feel like what it was like to do stand-up. He got to feel like what it was like to be famous. He got to feel what it felt like he got so famous that there was the backlash. He got called a thief. He got the whole fucking thing. Look at him. His second set's going to be called his big comeback, like Travolta in fucking uh, Pulp Fiction. I think it's wonderful. I, I'm, I, I'm glad that he did it. And I don't have any problem with them going. That's a fucking adorable to see an old guy go up there at 89 telling old jokes. Come on. You're not a fucking, you got no, you have no blood in your heart if you didn't think that that was adorable. All right. Corporations. Uh, Bill, I was doing some fall cleanup in my yard because the maple trees surrounding my house likes to leave a nice mess during this time where I... Where I live, the city requires that you put leaves and grass clippings in giant paper bags that you can purchase at various stores. When the bags are filled up, we set them out on the curb, and they're picked up during the week. They usually cost around $3 for a bundle of about five bags. One thing I noticed on these bags, which every store you buy them from, their logo and or slogans are printed all over the bags, like at, like at a home improvement store. Um, when they are sitting at the curb, the store logo is there for everyone to see who drives or walks by to see. That's brilliant. 
I realized that because of this, uh, I am advertising for that store for free or actually paying them to advertise for them. Um, this is almost the same as if you bought a car from a dealership and put an emblem or a license plate to cover the car of the dealership. Oh my God, this is killing my brain. I just didn't get enough sleep. Um, if I could find bags that were blank, I would get those, but I have not. I thought to tell you about this because of your bit about automated cash registers at the checkout stores and was wondering what your take was on something like this. Love your comedy. Thanks. Go fuck yourself. Uh, you know, I don't got a problem with something like that. Who gives a fuck? You know, you went in, you needed bags. They had bags. You gave them to them. They put their names on them. I don't give a shit. You know, it's no skin off my fucking back. My thing is working for free. Um, I guess technically you could be a jerk and be like, you owe me money for advertising out in front of my house. You know, start renting out the space at the end of your driveway. I mean, that might be a thing in the future, you know, a way to make money from home, like rent out your mailbox, let people put their logo on it. Um, that'd be hilarious. And you have to start whoring out your kids. Listen, you call up like Nestle and just say, listen, my oldest daughter, I'm not trying to be weird, but she's really hot and everybody wants to fuck her. So they're always driving by the house. So I was thinking, what if you guys put like your little fucking hot cocoa sign on the side of my mailbox, you know? So all those guys, you know, they'll think that, oh man, if I buy this hot cocoa that they can fuck my daughter and, and they, they're not going to do it. There's, there's no way they're going to do it because she's already banging one of her teachers. You see what I'm saying, Nestle? And they'd be like, all right, man, we'll fucking do it. All right, new relationship. Hey, Bill, I need your insight. I just started hanging out with this girl who's, who's 17 years younger than me. Yes, we have had sex, <laughs> but we have not had butt sex. <laughs> What the fuck? I'm 45 and she is 28. Every time I try to calm her down for that kind of action, her left leg starts spazzing out and she freezes up. Should I dump her uh, or or move on? (laughs) (laughs) Ah, shit. That guy just mocked the entire thing that I do at the end of my podcast, and God damn it, I loved it. I loved every second of it. Um, all right, well, that's the podcast for this week. Um, I don't know what to tell you. I'm in New York to do my final show of the year, 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 my final road gig of the year, all right? And I have already mentally, I'm already drinking eggnog. That's how excited I am about being home for the fucking holidays. Um. I'm going to be performing at uh, Madison Square Garden, believe it or not, this Saturday, November 14th. And um, for those of you who saw, I, I put out a teaser for F is for Family that's coming out on December 18th, everybody. And we put out a little teaser there. And uh, the rumor mill is that the trailer is going to be coming out soon. And where you can actually, right now, it's just sort of a little thing just to, you know, you know how they do it. We're, getting, we're fucking getting you salivating for it. Um, but I'm really excited about that. And check this shit out. I rented a drum kit um, to be set up at Madison Square Garden during the day. So during the day, me and some of my friends are going to go in and jam in an empty Madison Square Garden. And uh, 
it's going to be fucking, it's going to be fucking ridiculous. It's going to be fucking ridiculous. And we're all like fucking old white guys. So we're just geeking out, sending a set list, you know, we should do war pigs. <laughs> just all this old white guy music. Um, although that stands the test of time. Black Sabbath does. I challenge any fucking kid today. I don't give a fuck how many mouse heads people have. If you put on Black Sabbath, there's no fucking way. You can't appreciate that the level of quality in that music. So we're going to be doing that. And, uh, yes, I will definitely take some video. Um, you know what's really cool is it was a buddy of mine forever. I've been trying to jam with them. And uh, it just never worked out. So I finally called him. I said, hey, man, I'm in New York. You want to get together Saturday? And he goes, yeah, come on out to my place. I moved out to Jersey. I got a rehearsal space. And I said, nah, man, I got a better space. And, you know, he's proud of his space, and I know it's the shit. So he writes back. He's like, what the fuck? And then I hit him with it. Hey, let's go fucking play at uh, Madison Square Garden. He fucking freaked. Fucking freaked. Um, It's going to be awesome. And for those of you who are already cringing, thinking that I'm easing my way to at some point playing drums before or after one of my shows during a live performance, I would never do that to you, okay? Just know I would never do that. Know that I know that I stink, all right? I know that I stink. I know that this is just a hobby. I know that I will never make a living, okay? So fucking relax, all right? I'm just a middle-aged white dude fucking being a geek. I'm allowed to do that, all right? Okay, well, that's the podcast for this week. It's a little bit short, but uh, I'm a little short on time this week. I'll make it up to you on Thursday. Um, that's it. Don't take any shit. Go fuck yourselves, and I'll check in on you on Thursday. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Anything Better podcast, NFL edition, sponsored by BetMGM, and we are about to get into week number 10. I can't even believe I'm saying that, dude. Like, I really feel like we just started this and half the season is over. Um, we got some fun. We got some good games this week. But first, of course, we got to shout out the BetMGM app, guys. You guys know how it works by now. If you've been listening to the show, you've been listening to our picks. Uh, go to BetMGM, download the app, and use a bonus code BURR200. That's B-U-R-R-200. Okay? Couldn't be easier. You put that code in, you put as little as $10 in the account, you get up to $200 in bets, regardless of the outcome of your first wager, okay? Doesn't matter. Uh, bet responsibly. Have a great time. Also, they still have a survivor uh, pool. I believe they still have the survivor pool. You get some um, You get some prizes, but it won't be obviously what the grand prize is. So download the BetMGM app today. Use bonus code uh, BURR200. That's BURR200. Put in 10 bucks, and you will get $200 in bets regardless of the outcome of your bet. Now, Bill, um, the Giants season's over. Uh, it's we're two and seven. Uh, I believe you're I mean, what's with that spread this week? Jesus Christ. Oh my God. 16 and a half. I mean, it's, I know, but you got, you got a fucking, you got like some guy, uh, I don't know. Third, third string guy playing quarterback at this point. Yeah. He's a third string quarterback and I hate to say it, but his name is Tommy DeVito. He's an Italian kid from, from Jersey. Look, I'm not can't lay off. Can't lay off. No, but he doesn't look. I'll be honest, and this is no disrespect. I do love the gold chains that he's got out, but he just doesn't look the part, man. You know, you know, 
Tommy, Tommy. D. Tommy D is going to be owning a pizzeria dealership. He's going to have his Giants thing. He's going to ride that for a while. Um, Patriots, I believe Patriots are also two and seven. Who would have thunk it, Bill? Who would have fucking thunk it? Um, they're calling for Bill Belichick's job. The morons, if you can fucking believe that. Can you believe that? I mean, that's the day. In this oh, day I 100% age. can believe it, Paul, because it's just what they do to try to get people stirred up. And um, I just, I just, I was saying on my my uh, Thursday afternoon podcast, I was saying if they fired him, that goes up there with them throwing Oakley out of the garden. Oh, you put it there? Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. Just embarrassing. It would just it's, be embarrassing, like, uh, to do that. I, 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 I don't even want to think about it. No. Paul, they, th- th- don't bring it up, okay? They won't. They, I actually think that that's just a little media talk. Bob Bob Kraft would never do you that. You know, Paul, you're really seeing, you're seeing around the corners. Bob Kraft would never do that. No way. Over his dead body. Bob uh, Kraft. No. What? I said Bob Kraft, not Robert. Look at you. No, after he got with that scandal with the massage thing, I got called out. <laughs> <laughs> after that, he heard, after that, it's Bobby to me. <laughs> Bobby, what are you doing? What are you? I, I get it. We're in Florida. We all like to have a good time. But I mean, Bobby, we can't uh, have this. We, we can't have it. Bill, what do you think about the Dolphins uh, not beating any teams that are basically have a winning record? Are the are the Dolphins for real or no? Paul, if you had any sense, you'd stay away from that division. Yeah. The, the whole division. fucking division. I don't even know. Like, gee. I mean, the Jets are the only one that have a fucking excuse. Excuse. Jets are the only ones that have a fucking excuse. I've done too many goddamn shows. Um, Aaron Rodgers, dude, going down. That's the only legitimate excuse. The fucking Bills are supposed to be somebody. Who are they, Bob? Paul, they're, they're fucking coming and going. They're dude. five and four. All this fucking talk, all this fucking hype. Five and fucking four. The Dolphins all of a sudden were looking like they were going to do something. And now what, what are they? I mean, who are they, Paul? How about the Ravens, dude? They look good. Uh, there's a lot of do teams. They? The Ravens look good. But what about also Joe Burrow? I know the Ravens a- fucking look good. But I bet them against fucking Arizona. So I don't think they look that good, Paul. <laughs> I like Joe Burrow and the Bengals here. All right. right, let's. We're going to get into these picks. It's week number 10. We are collectively above 500. We are always right there. You know what I, I went two and two last week, Paul. We I'm, this, I'm trying to hang with you. Before we get into this, before we get into this, I just want to say something that I realized. I was thinking about this last night. I was like, I got to bring this up on the show. A lot of ex NFL players are not good at picking games, and I figured out why. Like Tiki Barber was on the radio. He's like, I'm bad at Tiki Barber's like nine games under 500. And he's going, I'm bad at this. And I figured out why a lot of players aren't good at it because they have the mentality of being in that locker room going, yeah, we're eight point underdogs. We're going to show you this week. And they carry that. They carry that with them when they see a team. They're like, no, they're going to come out and they're going to do it because they still have the competitive thing. And I think it clouds their minds with picks. That's just my take on it. But that's what I think it is. I just don't think they watch football. Do they have to for their job? Paul, do you watch stand-up comedy? No. No. <laughs> I know that is true. Uh, but Because I would Romo, also think it would make them miss it. I would actually love to see. You know whose paper I'd love to see? I'd love to see Tony Romo pick five games a week. Dude, that guy would be – I think that that guy would be, like, tops. Dude, what um, about that fucking guy who was in jail? He, he needed $10,000 bail. 
and he did like a 10-team parlay. No. And he fucking hit it. Dude, he had all of these teams, and then out of nowhere, he goes, let me get the New York Liberty. He goes, yeah, the WNBA. He picked the WNBA game. ESPN should hire that guy. What? And he got bailed because of it? Yeah. I mean, granted, it was one week, but it was like a fucking 18 team. It was unbelievable. Dude, that's a Hollywood movie. A guy is in jail, but his sports knowledge gets him out. Dude, I had a dream last night. I was pitching my next fucking movie. And it was these, I was pitching to these women that were, they were living in, in like, like the top of a school fucking house. And they had like all the kids had like painted on the floor and shit. And I was walking around with my bare feet getting like paint on my, I don't know why I was, and they just kept saying, I was trying to pitch my idea and they just kept going, that's the stupidest idea I've ever heard. And they were laughing at me. And, uh, I was thinking, you know what? Fuck all you cunts. But I didn't say it. And I just walked out. You know, when you first started that, I thought you were going to say I had this dream I was pitching. Like you were pitching in the big game. <laughs> oh, no, I was pitching my in the next movie, which, by the way, I can finally fucking tell people, thank you, the strike's over, right? Can I finally talk about it? Thank you, everyone who went to go see Old Dads. Old Paulie Verzi's in there. Yeah, it was, dude, it was a great movie, man. I got Joey B in. I got all my buddies in there. Joey B throwing haymakers. That's a, it's a great, great movie, man. Congratulations on all the success, too. It's well-deserved. I love how Hey, you Paul, it was, it was for the people, you know? Not the fucking lunatics on the fringe. The fringe people didn't, all the way to the left, all the way to the right. They didn't like it. Guess what, Paul? Huh? Guess what? That guy getting that bacon, egg, and cheese, he liked it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. I, I believe I have pick number one. To, I'm the first pick today because it is a... Hey, hey, Paul, after you, you know? After you. Week 10. Here we go. I'm just going to kill myself. You don't have the balls. <laughs> anyway, all right. You know what? You know? Are we going to do that on here? <laughs> I don't know. I don't, we no, I don't think so. Yeah, no, we don't have to. No, let's not do all that. Right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, now, listen. I have hit the last three Thursday nights in a row. And then I looked at this Thursday. And I go, Panthers, Bears, ah. And then I looked where it was, and I go, Bears at home, ah. And then I saw the spread, and I said, three and a half, I'm not touching it. But, oh, oh, something happened. Something happened in the witching hour. That spread, because the one thing I didn't like was the half a point, and that's what I was going to say. But that half a point went bye-bye in the last little bit. And now the Bears are three-point favorites at home against the hapless one-win Carolina Panthers. They got a backup quarterback that's doing pretty good. Their tight end, Cole Komet, who was at my show at Zaney's in Chicago this year, uh, he's playing really well. Since, since I have a three-game win streak in a row on Thursday and the spread went from three-and-a-half to three, I am taking – the Chicago Bears. I'm gonna. Paulie's gonna pour himself a glass of red wine tonight, and I'm gonna sit down and I'm gonna watch the Bears at Soldier Field win that game by three, and hopefully start my week one and zero for the fourth week in a row. I got the Chicago Bears tonight, baby. At home, cold weather, Chicago, Carolina Panthers. Panthers don't survive in the cold. <laughs> I like that. There we All go. All right, Paul. My first pick of the week. I'm taking the New England Patriots. 
Oh, he's taking them in Germany. I'm taking the Patriots, and I, I don't have to tell. I don't have to tell you, Paul. I don't have to tell anybody why. You don't. You I don't. Am. I'm taking Bill Belichick and the fucking Patriots. All right. Oh, you know. You know why, Paul? You know why? Huh? It was out of respect. I gotta tell you something, dude. The rumblings, even the fucking nerve to even have a reporter say is Bill Belichick in jeopardy. Even for that to be out there in the ether. That has nothing to do with Bill Belichick. It has to do with that reporter's marriage. Bill it's, their own, it's their own personal bullshit. Bill Belichick getting one and a half in Europe. Oh, I love it. That's a great pick. That's a great pick. I will uh, tell you this, though, dude. That fucking team needs to smarten up, and they need to be playing Bill Belichick fucking football because they're not. That bullshit I saw last week, the stupid mental mistakes and the goddamn penalties, I, I, just, I just think Bill is not having it. You texted, having it. You texted hey, me something. Paul, hey, hey, smarten up. That, I was just picturing you going in the locker room. Hey, hey, smarten up. But you, you texted me something that was really – I was like, he's right. Me and you watch football the same. We really do. Watching it at your house, that was the best. But you said something to me where when the when the Patriot guy was yelling on the sideline and pointing, you were like, dude, this is not what the Patriots do. And you're right. It's like it turned it seems like they need to smile. No, no, no coach went over there and told him to shut the fuck up. So that's the thing that kind of is scaring me. Like I think uh, you know, they 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 maybe they're just frustrated, Paul. Maybe yeah. they're just frustrated. I don't. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what it is. But uh, dude, the, the memes with Josh McDaniel. There's there's memes of like you'll just see like somebody outside of a gate going like this, and it just says Josh McDaniel's trying to get back in the building. <laughs> oh yeah. How many uh, times has he gone away to college only to move back home? <laughs> Josh, you said you were going to buckle down. <laughs> You're going to hit the books. What happened? Um. All right, dude, this, this is – I'm not going to lie. This is a tough week because all these teams – these are all good games. Dude, Lions, Chargers, fucking, you know, I mean, I don't know, dude. Saints, Vikings, both two and a half. A lot of low lines except the Giants, 16 and a half, and I hate to say it, but I, I could see the Giants losing that game by 30. I'm not touching that game. Um, I, I, I have to do this. This, to me, is a no-brainer. I'm going to take the Raiders over the Jets because the Jets can't score and the Raiders have a new coach and they're playing for a coach that they seem to like. I saw them smoking cigars in the locker room laughing. I'm a fucking idiot. I, I knew you weren't going to take the Patriots. Why did I take it first? Because I wanted, I wanted the Raiders too. I love the Raiders this week. Yeah. Um, I actually really enjoy, like, that whole team, dude, is just a fucking different team with that Raider, that new coach. His vibe is just fucking different. You see he had all the guys from the taxi squad standing on the sideline. He goes, why? Wow, they play all week, too. It's like, oh, well, here we go. Here yeah. we go. And they're finally going to, I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but, like, their, their whole vibe fucking changed. They have fun goddamn team to watch, and they are loaded with talent, Paul. Dude, that kid, Max, that kid Max Crosby, dude. That fucking that that defensive end. You can say it. That fucking ginger. Yeah. No, no, I said. <laughs> no, I heard it. I heard it. I heard it between the lines. God, say it. <laughs> that tattooed ginger. No, dude, that guy. Talk about disruptive. Dude, that guy's a throwback, man. That guy's a that guy's like mad, and and his nickname is Mad Max. I mean, it's incredible. 
Mad Max could have played in any areas. One of those guys. All right, Paul. I'm going to take the Lions. Oh, my God. He's not shying away. No. Off of a bye week. I'm taking the Lions. You know why, Paul? Because the Chargers are the Chargers. Now, usually the Lions are the Lions, but I think this is a new-look Lions team, and they win a game like this. They're all rested up. I like their coach better. I like the uh, I like the chemistry. I just like the way they fucking, you know. I mean, it's a fucking three-point spread, Paul. That's basically a pick em. It basically is. All of this shit this week, Paul. It's like, basically, who do you think is going to win the game? Who do you know I what? think, Paul? I got to be honest with you. I like how you're coming out this week. You're coming out, you're walking up to the line of scrimmage doing this. You're just, you just know. You're looking at reads. You just, you just, you came out. Yeah, but I might go back and fucking collapse like Daniel Jones. You never know, Paul. It can happen. <laughs> you might, or you might throw a pick six. Pick six. And then fucking point at the receiver like he broke off his route and it wasn't my fault. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, man. Um, yeah, you know what? You make a good point. You make a good point. It's Every once in a while, Paul. No, it, it is. These are like these these lines are so close that it's like who's the better team? Who's gonna win the game? I um Vegas. I think the Vegas Buc is gonna win the game. I think the Buccaneers, I like the Bucks. They're they're minus Paul Versey in that NFC South. Nothing scares me like the NFC South. You got two NFC South games and Paul's going right in with them gators. Here's the deal. I saw the look on I saw the look. On Baker Mayfield's face when they lost last minute, last time, last you know, towards the end of the game, and he was devastated. They're at home. They're playing the Titans, who I don't know who the Titans are. It's a one point line, and the Bucks are in Tampa. I'm going to take the Bucks minus one. It's basically a pick'em. All right, I'm going to say something about Baker Mayfield. You know who he is? You know what his career is reminding me of? He's a modern day Doug Flutie. Where he just can't get the fucking respect. He keeps going to shit franchises and he fucking, he's winning. And he's fucking, he just doesn't get the respect he deserves. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, look. like that at all. No, no, no. I saw him, I saw him up close last year uh, in game, th uh, week three against the Giants. He can't make all the, th like, I think his size I think his size is is part of a little bit of a disadvantage. Doug Flutie. Doug Flutie. He yeah, can't yeah. see over the line. Hey, <laughs> can you see the final score? Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, dude, I got three favorites, even though they're like pickums. I don't like that. I usually don't do good when they're all the same. What do you got, Bill? I like the Cleveland Browns getting six against the Ravens. Oh, shit. You can't lay off a Raven game. i never seen anything like it. <laughs> No, I just feel like the Cleveland Browns are uh, – is Deshaun Watson back, whoever the fuck? Yeah. I don't know what's going on in Cleveland. All I know is they just fucking – they play they play well. They're in every game. Uh, They're in every game. And I don't know, the Ravens, I mean, they, they – you know. Yeah. I know. I Like, listen, I love the Ravens. And, uh, you know, I love them to lose to the Chiefs in the fucking AFC championship game. So a little fucking uh, twinkle toes. I love Patrick Mahomes, but I hate the way he runs. There's something about the way he runs. I just cannot get behind the Kansas City Chiefs. His knees touch. He takes little steps. I don't know what it is, Paul. <laughs> Looks like he's running in his dad's shoes or something. It just, it's just something about it. I, I can't handle it. Um, Dude, that's a great pick. Brown's getting six. 
getting six. Deshaun Watson is back, and they have a good defense. That's a great pick, man. Hey, Paul, he's rested and relaxed, if you know what I mean. <laughs> he's always rested and relaxed. Uh, he's always rested and relaxed. For my fourth and final pick of week number 10, I am going to take the Pittsburgh Steelers minus three against a, against a Packer team that is just, you know, kind of not that good this year with a new quarterback. I, I don't know who they are, and I know that Mike Tomlin is good at home, and I think the Steelers need another win. So I'm going to take the Steelers, getting three, and I'm really just basing that off of the Steelers being home and not on the road and the line being only a field goal. So there you go. And we both love the city of Pittsburgh. We both love the city of Pittsburgh. It's an underrated city. Great people, great food, beautiful bridges, great baseball field, good coach. Joe Bartnick's from there. There you go. Randy. Randy Bauman and and, and Bill Crawford on DV. Yeah, I mean, look. What's not to like, Paul? uh, Mario Lemieux. The way you're sitting lets me know you're confident about your fourth and final pick. (laughs) You look very distinguished. (laughs) Maybe there's no more love in this relationship, and I don't give a fuck what happens. You know that guy whose wife's yelling at him and he doesn't even give a fuck anymore? <laughs> what, you just going to sit there? What, am I allowed to do that? You're going to bitch about that too. <laughs> she immediately goes out and fucks her personal trainer um, that he's paying for. I'm going to take, I know, I swear to God, dude, these fucking situations. I, I really lucked out in the wife department, dude. I really did. <laughs> Um, I will say this. I'm taking the Cincinnati Bengals, Paul. I like a healthy Joe Burrow. And I want to watch a Bengals game because I really enjoy watching that team play. They're fucking solid on both sides of the balls. And every balls, both sides of the ball. And fucking everybody's talking about the Ravens, Paul. You, you better watch out, Paul. You better watch come playoff time. No, the they're Cincinnati going to Bengals, you know, I think that they got, I think they already, they already weathered their fucking storm. They got the sails up. They're starting to catch a wind, and here they come. Here they come, Paul. Dude. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-
Uh, she really is, dude. She, she ought to be on the cover of Forbes magazine. Dude, she's 30 years old, crushing it. <laughs> I mean, just crushing it. No, dude, I don't mean writing hits. I'm what she's doing. Oh, in the business. What she's doing to them is what they're trying to do to us, Paul. Yeah, good for yeah, her. Dude that, dude, that deal they just signed is only for fucking three years, dude. And each time they're going to take more of a chunk out of that fucking AI thing. And then eventually you and I don't exist anymore. But then you know what's great is they're going to use the AI. They're going to use that, that AI shit to get rid of each other. And then there's just going to be one person left who makes all the fucking TV. And he just lays in bed and all the money. And he goes, give me a Tarantino meet to Scorsese with a fucking taking gun. And then it's going to all come together. Get a robot over here to fucking blow me. <laughs> Dude, they are fucking sociopaths. They're fucking sociopaths. And, and for all you regular people out there, all you ham and eggers, AI is not for you. It's for them. It's for them. They're going to make us obsolete, Paul. Hey, Bill, but you want to know what AI is not going to be able to do? Pick this next fucking game. Pick these games like we do. <laughs> Come on, fucking AI. I got it. <laughs> AI doesn't see it like I see it. <laughs> you know what? You what? That sounds like what you're going to say as they lead you out in cuffs and your AI replacement there. He doesn't see it the way I do. Ask everybody loves me. <laughs> Nobody had the bears. <laughs> no, you you can't program some robot to talk shit the way I do. You know why? It, it comes from in here. You can't you can't point to your heart because I got your cup. It comes from in here. <laughs> uh, uh, that's so fucking funny. Um, all right, Bill. Dude, we have been coming so close to these specials. We have been coming so, I mean, we got everything early, and I texted Bill in the second quarter, and I go, dude, we just need a Justin Herbert touchdown throw. Eckler scored. They're going to win the game. And I'm like, it's done. And he doesn't he doesn't do it because the fucking, because uh, the Jets, <laughs> the Jets put no pressure on them because they can't score, and their defense was out there, whatever. Anyway, all right, guys, so this week's Monday night special, the Monday night game is the Denver Broncos at the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are given seven and a half points um, to the Broncos. I don't know, Bill. What do you think here? I know Russell Wilson's your guy. What do you think? I Josh think I hate this game because – I think the Broncos are good. It's a perfect number. They're good enough to hang in there, and the Bills just keep tripping over their own goddamn feet. Josh Allen to throw one for sure, no? Yeah. Okay. You want to do over-under and not touch the spread? What the fuck is going on with the, the, what are the Bills? Five and four? I'm all, you know what? I'm over those guys. I'm over them. I, I, you know what? I, if I, if I had to pick the game, Paul, with seven and a half, I'd take the Broncos. All right. There's something nope. going on. I think like Vegas knows that they're gonna fucking show up, and they gotta have just enough, just enough, Paul. Like the Bills are gonna win, but I don't think they're gonna win by seven and up. And I wouldn't surprise me if the fucking Broncos win because this, this dumb shit always happens. Some hapless fucking team all of a sudden has a two-game win streak in the middle of November. 
Then they just shit the bed for the rest of the season. You know what? I like the way you said that. I think you're right. Let's go. Let's take. Paul, you're mistaking my sleepiness for confidence this week. Just know that. All right, Paul, you're the one looking around corners. I mean, Paul, you're crushing it so hard. You're wearing a jersey of a sport you don't even watch. I mean, that's the level that you're strutting around right now. I didn't want to bring it up. I tried to wait, but I just have to be like, you probably think that's an actual team in the fucking no. NHL. <laughs> I know it's a movie. I know. But look, I got my name on the back. That's fucking sacrilegious. Well, I know, but it was a gift. And I figured, hey, you know, Paul Newman. You know, I like Paul Newman. That's the jersey to get. Because everybody has, like, one of the uh, the, the Hanson brothers on the back. You yeah. get the Paul Newman one. But you don't get the guy that got did the striptease. <laughs> um, all right, so let's do that. We're going to do Josh Allen's going to throw one. We're I love Josh Allen. We're going to take the points. We're going to take the seven and a half points, and now we need a third. What should be the third? Should the third be a Russell Wilson throw touchdown? I mean, we already took the Broncos, Paul. How far into this fucking underdog shit are we going to go? You don't think Russell will throw one? I don't know. Do we, do we need something stay safe like uh, Diggs to score a touchdown or something? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, Andrew Themlis says bury the under, but I don't want to lose to that. You know, I don't want to lose to that because if it's a shootout, I, like I love the under. I think it's going to be a shit game. Okay. This field, this has Thursday night football written all over it. I don't know why. No, it's Monday night though. I know, but it feels like a Thursday, Thursday night. night. Like it's going to be like a Thursday night game. All right, you know what? We'll do it. I like your instincts today. The way you said, yeah, because you know, I know the Bills need to fucking win and everything, but they can't seem to fucking get out of their own goddamn way. And I think they're getting a little frustrated in there. The Broncos don't give a fuck. They don't give a fuck. They don't even have their quarterback's phone number. All right. So they just die. Who gives a shit? Now they're playing for their contracts next year, so they don't get let go. Bill is not going to sing the Monday Night Special till we hit one. <laughs> okay, so, <laughs> hey, I already sang Taylor Swift this week. I can't fucking sing anything. Hey, I, hey, hey, Swifties, no disrespect. Um, okay, Swifties. we're going to take seven and a half points for the Broncos. We are going to take under 47. Is that right, Andrew? Under 47, seven and a half for the Broncos, and Josh Allen to throw a touchdown. Is that why we don't hit, Paul? We always, like, fucking bet the other team and then bet the other team's quarterback to throw a touchdown. So do you want to do it reverse? Do you want to do Do you want to do all Broncos and the under? You no, wanna... because this is going to be the fucking week that happens. Okay. No, no, we're going to, yeah. <laughs> hey, Paul, you danced with who brung you? <laughs> well, there you have it, everybody. Those are your picks for week number 10. It's a, ooh, it's a pick'em week. I, I call week number 10. This is the pick'em week. This is parody, um, parody week. Um, There this you have it. to show you how good the NFL product is, Paul. It's, uh, I got to tell you something, man. You don't have to, Paul. Sometimes you can keep your thoughts <laughs> to yourself. <laughs> I don't think the, uh, 
the officials, man, they were really on point in that Jets game. Like every time there was a call and everybody booed, you'd see it. You'd just see the guy just pull the jersey and the fucking cornerback is going, yeah, I did it. I was like, all right, it's good flags. Except You know, speaking of great officials, I watched that video like three times before I went to bed last night with a Mets manager comes running out of the dugout. You, you they got to give us a shot. Yeah. You know that. But why, why don't we get a shot? That's fucking bullshit. The uh, fucking yeah. MLB, they do shit to that guy. They do fucking shit to him. Tommy, you know why I stand on that? Tommy, you know why I stand on that? Come on, walk with me. Walk with me. That was great, wasn't it? Listen to me so I can hear what I'm saying. That's my favorite line. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, talk to me. Um, all right. That's it. We did it. We got oh, sorry. Did I bring no, it down? I, I love that fucking, I love that video. You got to give us a shot. That cocksucker, he said that too. He went hard. He went, up there, he looked right at the rump. He went, you cocksucker. And the up didn't throw him out because of that. <laughs> I think that up kind of knew he was a cocksucker. <laughs> Tommy, walk with me. Walk with me. <laughs> He said, I got to listen to what I say. I didn't hear that part. Listen to me so I can hear what I'm saying. <laughs> That's great. And then uh, he goes, okay, it's good. You got it out. You got it out. And then he just sort of watches the, the Mets manager walk, and then he just fucking peels off. Like, all right, there we go. Uh, yeah, that's one of my favorite. That's probably one of my favorite ones because it's the most candid one ever. Um, Rest in peace, Bobby Knight. Even though if that guy was ever my coach's son, I would have. But what are your coach's son? Your son's coach. My son's coach. Uh, how about that? The Knicks, huh? Last what night. What happened? Well, that kid came in, that Webinyama 7 4 kid from the Spurs. And um, I just like beating Greg Popovich. I'm not a Greg Popovich guy. How? Coaching-wise, he's great, but he's a dick. He's a personal dick. He's treated too many reporters with disrespect. He's treated too reporters? many... Reporters? Like, even Craig Sager, he was short with, rest his soul. He's just a he's just an unhappy man. I could see it in his face. I know for a fact. I know well, for a fact. Well, imagine if you had to fucking take questions after your stand-up sets. I would be nice. So I am. Okay, after a tough fucking set, Paul. No, yeah. Well, I mean, why did you? Uh, why did you feel like you? You know, do you feel like maybe you shouldn't have gone that hard on your wife on stage? That's different. They don't do that. They just no. Go, they're hey. talking about the game. They would be talking about your. Uh, your I know. Set. But when, I know. But when you see somebody just go like, "Hey, man, you guys shot thirty-four percent, man. Any adjustments you're gonna make?" And he just looks at him like, "Yeah, we're gonna." And then it's like, all right, dude, I don't know. I don't like mean, I don't like unhappy people. I don't got time for it anymore. You know? I don't like. I, I, he never struck me as unhappy. Oh, dude. dude just, Bill Parcells used to do that all the time. He fucking loved that guy. He's a dick, too. <laughs> he's a dick. Yeah. He, I guess, I, I don't know. I, I like when they fucking, as opposed to just collectively sports writers. Because you know something, and I'll tell you why Bill Belichick... Oh, don't is, point at me. I'll tell you why Bill Belichick isn't a dick. Bill Belichick would do it in the funniest way because he would do it almost like he was sad. He would just go, he would just go, yeah, no, we're going we're gonna to work on that. We're going to just, you know, 
And like, you were like, okay, he's not going at people. But like Greg Popovich would be like, is that a good question? Is that a fucking, is that a, it's like you also had fucking hard. I get it. There's a little bit of ego in there. I, there is. There is. That was my thing with, uh, you know, rest his soul, Bobby Knight. I thought in the end he kind of felt like he had to ramp it up or whatever. Where the earlier on it was more like authentic. Bobby Knight was a really hard guy for me to watch in some of those losing their tempers because I saw a lot of myself. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. without the championships. (laughs) But I I got a lot of Bobby Knight in me, Paul, just not the successful part. (laughs) But you know what I feel like, Bill? I feel like if like coaches like Coach K, like Coach K is a guy that I would run through a wall for because I feel like that guy wants me. I, maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like that guy would want me to be a better person in life and it wouldn't be about him. I would have a hard time running through a wall for Bobby Knight because Bobby Knight is all about him and his wins. He well, reminds- if he had a hard time, he would have had no problem throwing you through the fucking wall. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Dude, when he grabbed that kid by the fucking throat, man, on camera, he grabbed that kid by the fucking throat, dude. And he, obviously he got fired, but like, I mean, dude, what, at what point are you a lunatic? Like, what? And I love how, like, Isaiah Thomas and people are like, no, he's just passionate. He's a great guy. It's like, he grabbed the kid by his fucking throat, dude. It's like. Yeah, I, I you know what I do. Yeah, I do like people. The amount of people that grew up in a fucking dysfunctional family, so they relate to it and they go, like, I'm sorry, but this is what good coaching is and everything. It's just like, you know, he was a great coach and everything, but like, there, there's a lot of that stuff is. Uh, I was. I just got more fascinated. Like, uh, like that guy needed to do mushrooms like nobody I ever met in my life, <laughs> <laughs> and just figure out. I, you know, I can't imagine what his dad was like. No, because everybody kind of, you know, settles it down or whatever. But um, I'll tell you, I, I, I went and I saw him when he was at Indiana, and it was fucking. I mean, I was almost not watching the game sometimes when he was, like, yelling on the thing. It was fucking unbelievable. Like, the level that he was fucking... Yelling? <laughs> oh, my God, dude. It was like... He was like, with his fuck... I don't want to do it. I'll hurt my neck. Like, it was just... It was just completely fucking unhinged. Completely fucking unhinged. Like, um... I can't believe he lived as long as he did with how much he hated losing. I mean, I just like that. That's why I think he was so fucking great. I mean, that guy fucking hated losing. Like, I, like the level of frustrated that he would he would fucking get in those golf things that he's doing. Yeah, you know what I think. That's the part that made me not. Then I see, like, you know, when everyone's standing around, no, it's okay, you know, hey, you know, doing it, like, try to keep them, like, calm and shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, dude, the guy, fucking guy was, uh, you can say whatever you want about him. That dude definitely fucking cared. There's another fucking Um, horseshit shot. (laughs) I remember... I remember I had a keyboarding class, just thinking about coaching. I had a keyboarding class in high school, and the coach's name, I mean, the the keyboarding teacher's name, who was also the varsity coach for years, was, I swear to God, his name was Mr. Knickerbocker, and everybody called him Mr. Nick. And uh, he was the nicest man and the calmest man and amazing. 
and he liked me and we talked in keyboarding and he goes, man, he goes, I had to stop coaching the high school team after a couple decades. He goes, he goes, I would lose sleep over. He goes, I'd be in my home and he goes, and I would lose sleep over it. And it's like, I co- I'm this year, I'm coaching Sophia's sixth grade team. And, uh, you know, last year I was assistant coach. We were nine and two. We got fucked in a championship, but I hold it. I remember what happened and I hold it. And I'm going, I couldn't do, dude, you know, all the years I opened for you doing comedy. You know, it's crazy. As I realized, I haven't opened for you in six years, dude. That's how long it's been since how crazy that is. But, um, I remember the bad ones. And there was only two that I, that really stick out with me. Not bad. The Edmonton one wasn't bad, but that's when I tried that one. When you go try that joke, and it was the joke where I said, when you every time you go to someone's house, you see the wedding picture, and the wife looks like she was training for a decathlon. She's all fucking. You see her jawline. <laughs> And then I said, and then it goes to shit. And I go, why don't you just have halfway? Just have like halfway so I know what I'm looking at the next 30 years. And, dude, you just heard one voice in a 3,000 theater. You just heard one guy go, oh, my God. Dude, and I was having a good set until I did that. And I remember that. Well, what are you going to learn not to listen to me? I remember that one. And, uh, and I remember uh, I tried a new one out, Count Basie. And, and I remember I lost him. I did a Count Basie thing and I lost him. But it's funny. I, so, so the, the point Count of all, Basie theater, not about Count Basie. The, the Count Basie theater, I did, I did. I was having a good set. And then halfway through, I tried something and I lost him. But out of all the years of opening for you, and we've had some epic ones, those two, I remember me making a decision and, and, and whatever. I don't know if I could be a coach. Because I look back at, like, the coach of the Bills when he's beating – the Bengals in the AFC championship game with 13 seconds left and Josh Allen goes down and scores and they're all on the thing and there's 13 seconds left and then they lose that game or the Atlanta Falcons in the Super Bowl against the New England Patriots 28 to three with eight minutes left in the third losing that game dude I don't know if you come back from that in life dude in life that's tough it's like I don't think I'd be a good coach because I'd be too busy trying to psychologically help out the right fielder. <laughs> Just being like, listen, man, it's all, I don't know why you're out here if your dad wanted you to come out here, but you know this is all bullshit, right? All right, you're a good dude. <laughs> what chick do you like? Go up and talk to her. Who gives a fuck if she says no? I would be too busy focusing on... Rather than the next five games, I'd be focusing on the right fielder's next five years of his life. So he just doesn't get the sunken shoulders and just give in to fucking losing, like losing becoming a part of him. Yeah, I, well, I could see you losing it on a ref. <laughs> I could see you. Oh, the younger me would have. I, I, I couldn't do that. Because especially if I was coaching my kid's team, I wouldn't want to embarrass my kid. How impressive is it that Tony Dungy never lost his shit? I don't think I've ever seen him lose a shit when he was on the sidelines. And he won a Super Bowl. Dude, what does Tony Dungy eat all day? Celery? I, I've never seen a guy that old, that fucking thin. <laughs> and he's always been that thin. What does always he do? Been that, he's, Is he's he a runner? Thin. I'm yeah. jealous. It's, uh, he eats the fucking leaf on top of the celery, too. Oh, it fills me up. Yeah, he's a thin man. What a nice human being, man. See, a guy like that. See, I need a player's coach, dude, for me. You know me, dude. If I got yelled at and you were on my team, I'd go to your locker and be like, this fucking guy's here, dude. I'm not fucking playing for Fuck this guy. <laughs> oh, you turned the locker room around on me. Oh, Jesus Christ, Paul. 
<laughs> I'd be the cancer. No. Um, I yeah, would no, be, I love Tony Dungy. He yelled at me, Bill. Fuck him. He'd be like, Paul, just just do good. He'll be like, no, no, no. He shouldn't talk to me like that. My dad didn't talk to me like that. Oh, I, I got another Hair Hall of Fame first ballot guy. Who? Raymond Bork from the Boston Bruins. Oh, okay. I don't know him. Dude, it looks like he's got a fucking beaver on his head. <laughs> Is it real? <laughs> yes. Wow. Here's the thing when you know you just got fucking great hair. You have the same fucking haircut you had when you were 20 that you have when you're in your 60s. I know. I know. But I found Dude, out. Dude, he's got all the hair. He could, he could like, not, not like fucking, you know, some people like they keep it, but it gets, it gets thin. He has all the soldiers. Um, Jason Lawhead's father, coach. Remember his coach hair? Coach Lawhead, yeah. Coach well, Lawhead. He's in the high school basketball coaching uh, Hall of Fame. His so head he's in of the hair. conversation. His head of hair. Remember? You, oh, no, yeah, he does. No, he has like Listen, that get, 70s hair. You know, it's like curly too. But if you get to 70 years old and you still have you still have healthy, it's just in the genes. It's incredible. Oh, they could reboot Ben-Hur, and if they fucking dyed his hair, he could fucking be in it. <laughs> uh, all right, everybody. This has been uh, – we gave you some overtime. We gave you some – we gave you a real podcast there. Um, this has been Episode 10. Enjoy the uh, enjoy the week of games. Don't forget our Monday night special is the Denver Broncos getting seven and a half under 47 and Josh Allen to throw a touchdown. Um, go to the BetMGM app, download that app, and use our code, bonus code, B-U-R-R-200, BUR200. Put in as little as $10, and you get up to $200 in bets, regardless of the outcome of your wager, regardless. guys. Regardless. It's easy. It's fun. Bet responsibly. Have a great time with it. Enjoy the games. Enjoy the week. And uh, hey, Paul, let's enjoy your life. Let's go Bears tonight, baby. Let's get it four in a row. Four Thursdays in a row. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. See you, everybody. The cold. I will see you guys next week. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. All right.